You're listening to the Eyes on Conservation Podcast. Welcome to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, where we bring you engaging conversations about wildlife and conservation issues from all across the globe. I'm your host, Matt Podolsky. Today, we are bringing you a special Earth Day bonus episode of the show. We have a lot going on this Earth Day. Today marks the online release of our newest documentary film, Souls of the Vermilion Sea, about the struggle to save the vaquita from extinction. We're super excited to be releasing this new 30-minute doc for free online streaming today. To find the link and watch the film, just head on over to the show notes page for this episode at wildlensinc.org slash EOC dash vaquita or go to vaquitafilm.com. We are celebrating this online release with today's bonus episode of the show, in which we are featuring an interview with California State Assembly member Todd Gloria, who recently introduced a new bill to the California State Legislature that would restrict the import of certain seafood products in an attempt to help protect the vaquita. Before we jump into today's special interview, however, I... Also have to mention our exciting new collaborative project to cover the March for Science. As many of our listeners likely are aware, Earth Day 2017 is a day of action for scientists all around the globe who will be marching in over 400 cities to send a message to our government and to the Trump administration that we will not stand idle as science is defunded and scientific truths are outright denied. We have seven Eyes on Conservation correspondents covering seven different March for Science events all across the United States, from Washington, D.C. to Hawaii and lots of places in between, and we'll be using the audio and video that is captured to put together a very special episode of this podcast. We will also be live streaming from a number of March for Science events directly to our Eyes on Conservation Facebook page, so if you're not able to attend a march, or if you just want to see what some of the other events in places like Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, and San Francisco look like, you can tune into our EOC Facebook page to get live updates. And when you get back home from participating in the March for Science, you can settle in with a good movie, Souls of the Vermilion Sea, about the struggle to save the vaquita from extinction. Now, let's hear a bit more about the vaquita from California State Assembly member Todd Gloria. My name is Todd Gloria. I'm the state assembly member for California's 78th district. Uh, I represent coastal San Diego County. I like to say the best assembly district in the state of California. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I'm new to the legislature. This is my first term. I was elected in November of 2016. Uh, But prior to my service in the legislature, uh, I served two terms on the San Diego City Council and two terms as the council president and a short stint as the mayor of San Diego. So um, I have been around uh, the, the public process for quite some time uh, and have tried to use my time in public office to address a, a host of environmental and conservation issues, which is what led me to uh, connect with some of our advocacy groups to work on AB 1151, which is the Vaquita Protection Act. Fantastic. And, and we definitely want to get into some of the details of, um, of that bill um, that relates to, to Vaquita conservation for sure. But before we jump into that, I mean, give us a little bit of background on yourself. I mean, what, what 
inspired you to get into politics uh, in the first place? <laughs> well, sometimes I joke that I didn't take my meds that day, and that's how I ended up <laughs> in this work. Uh, you know, the truth is it's just kind of one thing leads to another. And in my particular case, um, I really credit my parents in a lot of ways. My parents uh, were made in a gardener. Um, they didn't have, they said, have the best education or, or backgrounds, but um, they raised my brother and I to believe that you know you're supposed to leave things better than you found it. And I really think that was a recipe for a career in public service. So uh, you know, I worked for the county of San Diego in health and human services for a number of years. Uh, I ran a, a congressional office, uh, Congresswoman Susan Davis, who represents San Diego County uh, back in Washington, D.C. I ran her office for quite a, some time. I served on our San Diego Housing Commission. Housing is my first passion. It's uh, something that kind of caused me to get involved in this. And um, really, that was kind of the issue. Uh, my predecessor on the city council was terming out. Uh, she was leaving office due to term limits. And uh, she was a fierce and, and is a fierce advocate for affordable housing. And folks knew of my work in that field and uh, were encouraging me to run. And I always tell interested candidates, you know, the best thing you can get is if people think you should run rather than you think you should run, right? Um, and, uh, so uh, a lot of folks uh, really kind of encouraging me to do so. I, I uh, took some uh, a dose of courage and ran and won and, and have been in this uh, – this business ever since. And I, and I love it because, you know, I, I, you know, you can make a difference in lots of different ways in this world, but I tell people that all I have to do every morning is get up and make the world a better place. And I think that's, uh, more, uh, uh, more aligns with my values than say getting up and trying to push a stock price or a shareholder's report or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with those things. It just doesn't motivate me the same way it does to, you know, pave a street or build a school or fix, freeway traffic or whatever the case may be. Since you were elected into office in the California State Assembly, I mean, maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the the accomplishments. I mean, I know it's a short, short time that you've been in mm -hmm. office thus far, but I mean, what do you see as, you know, sort of your accomplishments? And is there anything sort of on, on uh, uh, environmental or conservation level that, that you've worked on recently? Aside from uh, Vaquita, obviously, we will get into Vaquita. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're right. It has only been a short amount of time, but these are sort of rare times that we're living in. And, you know, California definitely is the, uh, I think, leader when it comes to trying to stand up for our collective values uh, as Californians uh, of, of a civil society of democracy. And so, you know, we have tried to stand up when it comes to issues of the undocumented, um, of states' rights, uh, the environment, of civil rights. Uh, and being in Sacramento at this time uh, with this federal administration, I think it's a really interesting time. And I'm grateful for the chance to be up there to try and, again, assert things. Uh, you ask about the environment uh, relative to climate change. You know, we have had a complete uh, 180 degree change in our country's posture when it comes to our changing climate. Uh, and California has made very clear our governor, um, our speaker, our Senate pro tem, all of the leadership California has said that we're not doing that. And in fact, we're going to double down. Uh, and so I'm a co-author of legislation that would uh, envisions moving California to 100% renewable energy. You may know that we're currently uh, uh, have as law, we're supposed to get to 50% renewable energy in the next couple of decades. This uh, really goes beyond that and really sets a higher standard, which I think fits with what we ought to be doing in California. 
Um, you know, our governor has famously said, you know, if the if the Trump administration turns off the climate satellites, we'll launch our own damn satellites. And uh, I'm I'm happy to be a part of those efforts. I think this is so very important. Uh, the work that we do on the budget, on education, all of these things are incredibly important. Um, but they don't mean a whole lot if we don't have a habitable planet. Um, and I think being the fifth largest economy in the world, California can be a global leader in this fight. And despite what may be coming out of Washington, you can count on us to continue to lead uh, when it comes to the environment, to climate change, and to the issues that really defend our natural resources. I'm really glad that you brought up that issue, the topic of climate change, because you're absolutely right that California, because of the size of the state, is sort of in a very unique position regarding that issue because of what Donald Trump is doing and what he is saying right now. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm sort of wondering, like, uh, to maybe expand on what you just said of like, I mean, do you, do you feel like a certain amount of weight or like responsibility because of this unique situation that, that you and other representatives in the state are in? Yeah, I think we all feel that uh, in Sacramento. It's a lot of responsibility, you know, not just to our constituents, not just to the half million people who live in my assembly district or the, you know, almost 40 million people in this state, but really to the rest of the country and in many ways around the world. Um, This is a big deal. And as you say, we have the scale to be um, impactful in this. So when our governor goes to Paris and signs the climate accord, um, even if the president reneges on that commitment, um, California is still at the table and we can move the needle, if you will, um, you know, by establishing a 50 percent renewable threshold. Just a few years ago, um, we are already seeing days in this state where we actually hit um, that mark uh, years and decades early. Um, so I, I do feel that weight. I think that we all do. And I think as a consequence, it's not that we're just thinking about it in a reactive way of, you know, the EPA does X, therefore we must do Y. But it really is about striking out and pushing further and trying to be on the leading edge uh, because we have to, in many ways, make up the difference for what we don't think will be happening back in Washington, D.C. I do want to switch gears here and start talking about the Vaquita and this this new bill that, that you wrote and introduced to the California legislature. Um, just to kind of get this conversation going, I, I'm just curious to hear about how you first found out about the Vaquita and about this issue. Well, so as I mentioned, I represent coastal San Diego County. Um, and so we are quite literally the closest assembly district to the border uh, and to our uh, coastal zone with Mexico. Uh, the Vaquita uh, lives uh, in the Gulf of California. And so I, just being a San Diegan, I think we have some awareness because of our proximity to the Vaquita habitat. Um, I think how this concept ended up on my desk is a lot of the work I did on the city council uh, in San Diego. Uh, Some of your listeners may know about our uh, seal rookery uh, in La Jolla. Uh, It's in my assembly district, and it's kind of world famous. If you come to San Diego, folks typically want to go out and see uh, those seals in La Jolla. And I spend a lot of my time on the city council uh, trying to protect that rookery and that habitat. And so this is in many ways a natural extension of the work that I had been doing on the city council, just doing it now at the assembly level. And so uh, my friends at the National 
the Natural Resources Defense Council uh, came to me asking if I would sponsor or author this legislation, and I'm delighted to do it. I, I feel like it's consistent with my values, what my constituents want, and I think going back to what we just were discussing, a way that California can lead on an issue that really has global significance. I guess I'm wondering, like, what the process was like as far as sort of figuring out, like, you know, what you wanted to to say, like, what the sort of central message was in this bill. Yeah, it's uh, you know, they call it sausage making, right? Uh, <laughs> and it, it can be like that in the sense that it is a very organic process. And uh, in this particular case, as I mentioned, the Natural Resources Defense Council came to me and asked me to consider doing this bill. And, you know, conceptually, I'm uh, completely comfortable with what we're trying to accomplish. And and it's really the best place to start with any bill. You know, what's the problem you're trying to solve? In the case of the Vaquita, you know, we have only a few dozen left in the world. And uh, we have to do something about it. And the existing efforts uh, to conserve the Vaquita just aren't working. Uh, And so our idea is that, you know, California is in some ways complicit in the vaquita's uh, uh, endangered status because the uh, uh, collection, the fishing uh, that occurs in the Gulf of California um, is uh, directly resulting in, in their, the vaquita being captured in, in gill nets and, and, you know, and dying. Um, and we, we account for about 10% of that consumption of the fish that are, that are, that are being caught. And so, you know, we have some responsibility for what's occurring here. And we also have, again, that sort of global platform by which we can, you know, bring attention and perhaps, you know, uh, bring others who are participating in this problem, uh, to the table and bring them to the table to bring a solution. So, um, the, the, the concept was, uh, sort of developed between my office and the NRDC, what we're now in a position of doing is working with my colleagues in the legislature, the relevant committees um, who have input, and now stakeholders who um, are have heard about this bill and in some cases, you know, are, are pretty strongly opposed. But uh, we don't want their opposition to result in the bill not becoming law. So uh, we're working in this again in a very organic fashion to try and dispel misinformation. I, I think we all know that we're living in a world where facts are a little bit tenuous these days, and we're seeing that with this bill. Uh, but the hope is that we can get something on the governor's desk in the next few uh, months, and that California can take a strong position in, the, in, in trying to preserve the vaquita, and that the others who are, again, contributing to its uh, endangered status can also step up and follow California's lead. Hey, Todd, this is Sean Bogle here. I'm curious that you talked about you have some opposition. Can you be specific exactly what that opposition looks like? I mean, obviously, there's always two sides um, and nothing ever flows smoothly. But I'm just curious exactly what does that opposition actually look like? Why would I'm just kind of curious exactly why anybody would want to oppose taking measures to protect a species from extinction? Can you kind of break that down for us? I, I can, Sean. And yeah, you're, it's kind of crazy, but it does happen. And I'll tell you that, you know, the common denominator amongst the groups or organizations that have lined up to oppose this bill are generally the commercial interests that are benefiting um, from the demise of the vaquita. And so we're talking about fisheries, um, other business interests that frankly make a profit off of um, what they would claim is the corvina, which is the fish that supposedly fishermen are trying to collect and that the vaquita is being caught but what we believe is it's really the totuaba, which is a more valuable 
um, actually uh, also endangered. But uh, it's the folks who make their living off of those species uh, who, you know, will get up and they'll say how much they love the vaquita, how much concerned they are about the vaquita, how much they want to preserve the vaquita, but they'd really like to continue doing the practices that are killing the vaquita. So um, it's a little bit frustrating to sit in these public hearings and take this testimony and hear these people expand upon their beliefs about how important the vaquita is while simultaneously arguing for policies that would expedite its demise. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, unfortunately too often it really does come down to, to money. And in this case, it really is uh, saving a species um, or, you know, making a buck um, off of this endangered uh, species. You know, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised to hear you say that, that the people that are opposing this bill are also saying that they want to protect the vaquita. I mean, we, we've been in, we've been embedded in this project for quite a long time, and that I don't know that we've ever heard that. I mean, there's a very small group of people that is true, um, but I'm just wondering to the scale of like who these individuals are if they are the the, the fishery industry that essentially you know commercial fishermen um, for distribution. If that's what they're saying, that's actually that's kind of surprising um, to hear. Yeah, you know, if you go uh, look at the footage from our first committee hearing on this, we did have um, a uh, fishery business uh, actually located in Oregon with some operations in California um, making those exact comments. They, they, and, and, I, and I think that really has to do with our collective conservation movement's efforts to make it really, um, you know, embarrassing to not take a pro-environment position, right? I mean, there's a reason why you know, the, the uh, fossil fuel industry tries to call it clean coal, right? I mean, they're trying to, to make it as palatable as possible in order to continue on, continue with existing practices and resist, you know, positive change for the environment. I, I take it along those same lines. Yeah, you know, we know that it's endangered. We know that our practices are leading to its extinction. Um, but we just want this, you know, modification or this amendment that basically makes the bill useless. Um, and, and I'm not willing to entertain those um, those kinds of amendments for this bill. I, I, we had colleagues who voted against my bill stand up and say, well, maybe we should study this for a bit longer, you know, kind of convene a working group, you know, try and seek common ground. And if you knew anything about me, I, that's typically my approach to try and do this. But, you know, I had to remind these folks of the urgency of this of this issue. There's, right, you know, exactly. 30 of these uh, 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 porpoises that are still alive. And if we spent the next year or two to discuss this issue, uh, there's not going to be anything left to save. So um, I was grateful that, that uh, enough of my colleagues uh, agreed and understood the wisdom of what we're trying to do and supported the bill. But yeah, ultimately, you know, these folks don't have the best argument in the world. So they'll try and co-opt our arguments and then argue for what sound like um, innocuous amendments. But the, the practical effect is that it makes the bill absolutely useless and that the existing practices will continue until there are no vaquitas left. You mentioned that you were approached by um, some folks at NRDC with this idea to put a bill together related to Vaquita to, to have some positive impact on the issue. Of course, I'm sure we both know that, that NRDC, along with a group of a whole bunch of other nonprofits and, and NGOs, uh, are organizing this massive boycott campaign, um, essentially boycotting all shrimp that comes from Mexico. So, I mean, that's sort of a very broad stroke, whereas what you're trying to do with this bill is very, very targeted. I mean, it's only restricting the import of seafood products that 
are coming from within the range of the vaquita, which is a very small area that were captured with gillnet. So I'm just wondering what that decision-making process was like. Yeah, you know, the, in I think one of the criticisms of my bill, which is AB 1151, is you know this won't be enough to save the vaquita, and and I wouldn't disagree with that. There has to be a uh, comprehensive effort, which uh, gets to some of the things that you just mentioned of a broader. Uh, public campaign. In this particular case, you know, this we're making policy for the state of California, and policy making, sausage making, uh, po- uh, you know, politics is the art of the possible. I think what we were trying to do is strike some balance um, to support and back up what the Mexican government's trying to do in terms of conservation. Maybe not necessarily so successfully, but um, while at the same time not. Uh, being completely harmful uh, to the fishing industry in Mexico. One of our opponents to our bill uh, is the Chamber of Commerce, and their opposition stems from their argument that this is going to decimate the fishing industry in Mexico. Uh, While they may be able to quibble about other efforts of the broader Vaquita campaign. With regard to this bill, as you know, it's targeted to the the very small habitat that the Vaquita is found in and, you know, addresses specific practices that we know are harmful as opposed to a much broader effort. And um, my hope was that by taking a more narrowed scope uh, that we could be effective for the Vaquita while at the same time um, not trying to trying to well at the same time trying to be helpful of mexico's efforts and not harmful to their uh to the workers that are there Uh, given the opposition that we've received um you know maybe we haven't hit that that exact balance um but what we're trying to do again is acknowledge that this is just one piece of a much broader and bigger effort uh to save the vaquita what california taking this effort won't do it um but multiple states countries uh, coupled with public education and pu- coupled with support for the Mexican government, uh, I think can do that. Couple and, and other uh, efforts that are around science and and uh, and in captivity breeding, which you know no one knows if those are going to be successful, which is why there's so much urgency around doing something now. No one individual effort by itself is going to save the vaquita. It's going to take all these efforts sort of together and that combined approach if we really have any hope of saving the species. And yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's an interesting point that you brought up about some of the opposition and, and, and how you're sort of trying to position this bill to make sure that it is very targeted. You know, one of the interesting things that's going on here, I mean, you know, Sean and I are very, we've been focused on this issue for the past two years. And, you know, we've made numerous trips um, down to the upper Gulf region um, in, in Mexico and spent a lot of time in these towns um, that are, you know, really on the front lines of, of this issue. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, we're sort of well aware of is that in your bill, you're essentially proposing a ban on the import of, you know, seafood products caught with gillnets within the range of the vaquita, right? Correct. All of those products, it's already illegal to do all of that on the Mexican side, you know, which, which I know you're aware of, right? Um, you know, th- there is this ban on the use of gillnets within the vaquitas range that, that the Mexican government imposed for this two year period. Um, so, I mean, it, it's like essentially this bill is saying like that California is not going to import seafood products that were harvested illegally in Mexico. That's right. Um, I mean, I, I feel like one of the potential benefits of this is sort of like the pressure that it puts on the Mexican government to enforce that existing ban and to make sure that that ban continues moving forward. It isn't, isn't repealed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I think, 
that this is meant to be complementary of their efforts and the fact that California is a not majority but a significant part of the market for the fish that are caught in this manner from this uh, uh, geographic area um, is a is a contributor to what we're dealing with, what we're seeing with the vaquita and yeah actually you, you um, you're hitting a sweet spot right now because of part of uh, I had a conversation earlier this morning with some opponents to this bill who were trying to make the argument that what I'm doing with this bill is harmful to U.S. Mexican relations. And I just got really frustrated with that line of argument because, as you note, this bill is complementary to existing Mexican law. And I think actually in the age of Trump, where we have a president who so um, obviously and openly uh, uh, dismisses Mexico and treats them so poorly, um, I think this actually has broader positive implications if we can align uh, our laws with Mexican laws and be supportive of an initiative that they're doing. Um, to argue the opposite, I think, is quite laughable. But this is exactly what we're dealing with in terms of the opposition to this bill. So in addition to the bill itself, I mean, is there anything else that you are wanting to do or believe needs to be done to reinforce your efforts uh, with the bill? I mean, as far as like attacking the illegal trade of Tatuaba? Um, you know, we, we've had some of those discussions. And I think that may be uh, the subject of future legislation. Um, you know, the urgency around the Vikita was one where, you know, we've put this bill forward. It's generated a lot of discussion and it may uh, generate additional future legislation. Um, I think that the benefit of this is I've talked about this with my constituents, with my colleagues uh, in the Capitol, um, is the level of awareness raising that's going on here. I mean, folks like yourselves have been doing this, as you said, for years. Um, but the, the, the public awareness, I think, is going to be important uh, so as we look at the Corvina issue, the Totoaba issue, the, um, the uh, illegal practices and the uh, underground economy that's contributing to all of this. Um, and I think what I find resonates most with my constituents is the idea that they don't want to be complicit, not just in the demise of the Vikita, but in legal practices that they you know, wouldn't directly support if they knew better. And um, you know, one of the reasons why we stand for public office is it provides us with a bully pulpit, if you will. And while that sounds um, a little dated, it, it is true. You know, when, you know, one of the great parts of this job is that when you take on an issue and you want to talk to people about it, they'll send a few cameras and they'll send some reporters and, and you can raise this issue. That's what, at a minimum, this bill can do. You know, if it, even if it weren't to pass or the governor didn't sign it, you know, we're raising the issue. I, I just am more results oriented, and so I want this bill to pass. And then I want to come back and, and address some of these additional issues because kind of the whole common denominator in this conversation. California has the ability not to lead just within the United States, but around the world. And while we may be doing that with climate and with a host of other issues, I'd like to see us lead on issues of conservation and the vaquita is one way to do it. I'll just say thank you for taking on this issue and for being so willing to, as you said, use your bully pulpit to talk about the vaquita and to yeah. bring awareness, because I totally agree with you that that is a huge benefit. And you're right. Even if this bill doesn't pass, um, you have taken this issue on and you have informed a whole bunch of people who probably had no idea what the vaquita was before all this happened. So, so thank you. Gentlemen, my pleasure. And uh, certainly if any of your listeners want to weigh in, AB 1151, um, I actually am pretty optimistic about the bill passing in California. I think it aligns with our values nicely. Um, but there's going to be a couple fights between now and then. And uh, the more folks that can be in this effort that we can enlist, um, the more likely we'll be successful. 
Absolutely. We will encourage our listeners to do that. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Todd. Yeah, thank you again. Guys, thank you both. We'll talk again. All right. That was our conversation with California State Assembly member Todd Gloria. It's really fantastic to hear from elected officials who are actually fighting to protect endangered species and our environment. And it's clear that Todd is invested in this fight to protect the vaquita. I would encourage all of our listeners to check out the bill and leave a comment. We'll have the link to view the bill that Todd authored on the show notes page for this episode, which you'll find at wildlensinc.org slash EOC dash vaquita. If you enjoyed today's episode of the podcast, you can subscribe to the show via iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd really like to help us out, you can leave us an honest rating and review on iTunes. Just search for Eyes on Conservation in the iTunes store or follow the link on the show notes page. Don't forget to watch Souls of the Vermilion Sea this weekend and stay tuned to the Eyes on Conservation Facebook page for live updates from the March for Science. The Eyes on Conservation podcast is a production of Wild Lens. Today's episode was produced by myself, your host, Matt Podolsky, along with co-host Sean Bolton. Our theme music is by The Humidors. <laughs> <laughs>